This is a production of KMmedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show... Welcome, everybody, to a Wednesday afternoon, and it's drive time in Seattle, so I hope that you're taking the time to spend the time with us for this entire hour. Um, I do have to say hello to my friend, Eric. Eric, I've got good news. Excellent. I love good news. I've actually That's my favorite got a, kind of news, actually. I've actually even got a guest and a co-host. I'm. It's like I'm growing exponentially here. I love it. Yeah. The positive growth. Exactly. Although the the few shows I've heard where Eric and you have to pull it off on your own last minute, you guys did not do bad. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Well, you you have to remember Eric is the pro, and he's been uh, grooming me along for twenty years. Um, now, if we take a picture of me twenty years ago and him, he looks identical. I don't. <laughs> not true. But... Give it time. Give it time. Yeah. <laughs> But it's it's great. By the way, the voice you hear is Holly Berry. She's executive producer um, slash master consultant of uh, Positive Talk Radio and KM Media uh, dot Pro. And thank you, Holly, for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's always such a pleasure when I get to stop in and check out all the real time live time. In, indeed, it's it's fun, and you ask some great questions. You actually, I don't know, do something that that I haven't done a lot of, and Eric can attest to this. Is like prepare for the show and stuff. <laughs> but you know, it's it, <laughs> it's nice to have a team, right, Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. It's nice to have team that uh, pick up my short failings and will help me uh, to, to put together a better show. And we've got a great guest for everyone today. And it's it's not very often that we get to talk to somebody who is um, who's got a book that is coming out like right now, and uh, it's it's published. It's his. I think it's like his 1700th book or something like that. I don't know. but uh, I was going to ask. That was one of the questions. I want to know how many books he has out. <laughs> and, well, one of them I can tell you is called uh, Elmo. And if you go to my Patreon page, you can you can sign up for 10 bucks. And I voiced that book. It's it's a four-hour um, book that I, that, I, that I voiced from him. It's his writing style is really cool and the book was was really a lot of fun to do so you can go do that his name is matt shea and he is with us right now he is this is kind of an odd thing because he's actually in the studio and we're not he's in the the radio with the boom mic and everything in the radio studio. i know he looks he looks so dang professional i tell you oh but before we do that eric don't go away quite yet because you got to tell everybody why and how they can look at us live <laughs> absolutely yeah uh you know if you'd like to watch the show as well as listen to it uh be sure and check out the uh 1150 kknw facebook page or the positive talk radio facebook page or the KKNW YouTube page or the Positive Talk Radio YouTube page or check out the KKNW Twitter uh, page as well. I and mean, we're streaming live to all these places, so uh, there's no excuse for missing the show. 
Absolutely. You say that so well, and he does it even without a script. Uh, it, he is he is a godlike person to me. So that's that's, Aww. that's <laughs> well, you know, I don't know very many people that I knew 20 years ago that I still that still put up with me today. So it's it's <laughs> really is really of course he it's not that like he has any choice. This is like his, you know, like j -j -j job. Uh, <laughs> so he kind of has to, but uh, well, we had a good we had a good break well. too. So we did <laughs> we we did indeed i got to grow up and stuff and in the in the process of developing the podcast and and so forth i met a guy by the name of matt shea and he is an author um matt let's let's begin by answering holly's question which was how many books have you written now well we just got number 10 out as of midnight last night i saw number 10 surface on amazon and that brings me up to a total of 14 ebooks and i believe roughly five or six audiobooks and you certainly you're in two of them kevin i am yes you are and i enjoyed i enjoy doing it and and you are you are quite a prolific writer how did you get to be that way because you didn't write your whole life you just started this kind of later in life didn't you I was one of these kids who daydreamed continuously, and for that reason, I repeated first grade, and I kept looking out the window, daydreaming, got in trouble, not good grades, but I could write. And one of the teachers pulled me aside and asked me, who wrote this for me? Well, that's my scrawl. Well, we know that's your penmanship, but who wrote it? I was one of these kids that could do one or two things pretty good, and the rest, I need help big time. Writing was one of them. It always came easy to me. Uh, writing a book is simple. It's very simple to me. There's no effort whatsoever. The problem is I have so many projects going on, I do the mix and match, but eventually one gets out before the next. So tell us about the one that dropped last night. Well, first of all, Holly, do you got a question first? Well, I was just curious. So I think Matt has been on the show before. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, perfect. So for everyone listening today, if you know someone that couldn't listen to us live, they'll be able to go to our website for all the old shows as well. And they can hear more about some of the old interviews um, that Matt Shea did. Shea spelled S-H-E-A. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Yeah. And so Demi, if you're hearing us, that's our awesome virtual assistant from the Philippines. Make sure to swing back around to Matt's writer profile and attach all these shows to his. So if people go look for him on positivetalkradio.net, they can hear all about the other books in depth as well. Okay, go, gentlemen. I would like to point <laughs> something out. This latest book that arrived last night at midnight a couple pages into it, I have my honor roll of my favorite radio shows and podcasts. And you better believe that Positive Talk Radio is on that list. We have your logo there, the whole world to see. Well, thank you very much. By the way, you said that your, your, um, your book was birthed last night at midnight. How long were you in labor for? <laughs> Probably my whole life, because I'm always digging up things I thought about at early childhood. And what I read, it reminds me of the early years in grade school. I, you know, I got to ask you because uh, I voiced it and, and know it thoroughly, but uh, Elmo, which is one of my favorite works that you've done, um, 
what what gave you the idea? I've never seen or heard anybody write a book about something like that. Uh, what gave you that idea? That was really unique. What gave me that idea is that I would see Disney movies where the dads were pretending one way to make the sons grow up quick and feel manly, and the dads were doing quite the opposite to sort of pave the road. Elmo was about the older guys in the town of Minor making a nighttime sacrifice so that the families had a little bit more money in the cookie jar than normal. They were taking shifts panhandling dressed as a bum, and it worked. But dads are known to do things like that. They will cross whatever line needed for the family and the community. But there's more to the story than that, youngster, because there also was a three-generation baseball um, history-making family that he was, that the father and then the son, and and it's always part of it, and it was great. Um, I really, it, 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 it was a great story, and you, you weaved it together so brilliantly. Thank you. Ben Skates was the main character, one of them. They're, they're based, the small-town baseball legend, but here's the catch. To the Skate family, yes, baseball was heritage, something to be proud of, but when it came to fame, they opted to devote their lives to benefit that town not stardom in the major leagues. It was, now it's our turn to carry the torch for this town. So yes, throughout the school system, they certainly got the town on the map with their championships, but it all evolved around them staying on the side of the fence of the town and not for the fame and fortune the world would have seen. Now, were you an athlete when you were a kid? I was um, mediocre. I did track at high school and football. No, nothing special, just like all the other kids trying my best. And I walked on for Washington State University football. Not quite good enough to have a scholarship, but the effort was there. So my first year, I was junior varsity rotating. Second year, I was redshirted. So I'm now ineligible to get three extra years. And they told me that after my first two years, I would then get a scholarship but the coaches were candid with me. By the way, you won't be making a living at this sort of thing. In college, I had a secret hobby. I kept sending out resumes. And when the Teamsters volleyed back and they said, look, you'll have a pension here. You'll get your American dream, the medical benefits, everything. You could use it like a trade school. I signed up. They retired me at age 52. Congratulations. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. So, so you walked away from the, um, the Cougars. Well, as I improved, the good players improved much better. Oh. And when I was there, I think it was our first year. We led the entire NCAA and NFL drafts. We had close to 10 guys go, then another handful go to Canada. We had quarterbacks in the NFL. We had quality players out there. But myself, I was a kid at a high school trying his best. And for that reason only, they allowed me to try out with the team, come along. And if I would have hung in there towards the end, I probably would have been playing varsity a bit. And then after that, get a job. 
Well, for those Cougar fans that are in the audience, because there are quite a few uh, that, that that are Cougar fans, who's who was a quarterback when you were playing? Jack Thompson, and we had Dan Dordick in the backfield. Oh my goodness gracious, Jack Thompson, who was a a a, a great quarterback in his day, he played professional football, and Doctor Dan became the the running back for the Seattle Seahawks and was was really a phenomenal he he's now i believe is in the uh, uh Yakima Valley and where he's either retired now or still a doctor but so that so his must old, be- his old high school the field is named after him and rightly so and Jack Thompson he was number 6 in Heisman votes and he was first round pick for the Cincinnati Bengals That's who right. got third pick and he went to the Super Bowl that year with them, which is which is phenomenal. I got to ask you because it was a always was a dream of mine. I played high school football and I was I was okay and did pretty well. Um, but the the stadium was small. What's it like to walk into a fifty thousand foot or fifty thousand uh, seat stadium that's filled with people that are screaming their heads off? I have never suited up for a varsity game. I only oh. played junior varsity. And so it was sparse out there. Half the people were related to the players, but I was practicing with the varsity and maybe that one day would come where I would suit up for a varsity game and get out there a bit. But again, I had to be intelligent about things. I'm in college to get a career going somehow and not to have a dream taper off into nothing. And so I'll say it again. In 2010, I retired. And my college years, I did not graduate. Went to college for three years. But when that job offer came, I looked at it as a lateral movement because I use that as an apprenticeship program. Learned how to drive semi, operate a mill, CPR, things like that. It all applied to the path I was going in life. It, w- it was a natural fit for me. Well, congratulations, because that that worked out that worked out really well for you, and 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 that's that that's really cool. Holly, uh, is it? Is, are you are you a foot? You know, and never mind. I already know the question. <laughs> you this. I grew up in a place where the only sports were winter sports, so not a lot of exposure to football. Sorry. <laughs> that's that's quite all right isn't it impressive the number of people that i knew from back in the day i don't know them i actually get my most direct sports related updates from you it's fun you don't mind my (laughs) sunday texting about it no it's 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 very nice and and that is one of the things that i've always enjoyed doing was is watching football and stuff like that so uh matt you are in the northwest are you are you a university of washington husky fan or are you a cougar still I am a state of the Washington fan. And then, of course, when it comes oh, to Apple, I would like to see. Is. I would like to see the Cougars do it. If you're a Seattle fan, you could relate to the underdog. The Huskies, you will never forget the Jim Owens era or the Don James era. There were always powerhouses in the NCAA with lots of guys such as Ben Davidson coming from that school. Oh, now you're going back in the in the mists of time, but, I am, but that's they have the depth, they have the tradition. For those of you who don't know, Ben Davidson had a handlebar mustache. He was six seven. He played for the Oakland Raiders as a professional after he finished with the Huskies. He was in the early '60s when they won the the Rose Bowl, um, and so that's that's going way back. 
Yeah, and what I really liked about him is that after his career, like Merlin Olson, we saw them on TV shows. Ben Davidson did a lot of those funny light beer commercials with Rodney Dangerfield. So he kept it alive. I like it. Yes, and yes, indeed. And of course, my era was when um, Sonny Six Killer in seventy seventy one was uh, quarterback of the Huskies. But that that I could talk to you all day about that because you're so versed in stuff about a bunch of. You're just like me. You you've got you're master of a bunch of useless information that doesn't matter to anybody but us. Uh, but let's. Talk, I'd like to talk about your your writing and your book and and your gambling habit. Sure. Okay. My gambling habit was more of an experience. I'm very proud to say that it started in 2022 for research purposes. And it also ended before 2022 came to an end. And my hope was to write two books within a 12 month period. And I pulled that one off too. So I'm happy about all of this, but um, it's not natural for me to gamble but I love going to casinos. And for example, we have one not far from our place. They have an outdoor fire pit. They have a lounge area with an indoor fireplace. The tea is free, the decaffeinated coffee. It's my all night Denny's, so to say. I don't smoke, I don't drink, I really don't gamble, but it's a nice place to, it's like when you're staying at a nice hotel, you're awake, you can go in the lobby and just enjoy the way things are. I think it's really cool that you spend 14 months uh, almost every day in the casino and you're telling me and the audience that you don't gamble, sir. That's exactly what I'm saying. When I, back in 2017, I got a job as a shuttle driver at the Emerald Queen Casino. And the game plan was is to do that job for eight months because then here comes my social security. And so it went according to plan, but it was an eye-opener saying the culture, driving these people around that had stories to share. And so that motivated me to write a book. And then I stayed with a buddy who used to be a car dealer at five different casinos. It was interesting. In fact, Carl, I got him on board. We did a show together not too long ago for KKNW. And so I was really intrigued, fascinated with this lifestyle that goes on at casinos. I used to volunteer a lot for seniors. I would take them to the casinos. I wouldn't get them near those slot machines. I'd take them to the buffets, and then we would sit by the fireplace and all the lights, like a 4th of July. And, hey, they got out and all the excitement, the electricity. But still, I'm watching people um, challenge the unknown. And, of course, if the place is doing a lucrative business, that means you get an awful lot of losers for the few well-publicized winners and those well-publicized winners, within a few weeks, they're now part of the loser side. Now, was the casino research for the Pavlov book? It was for both books. I spent one year and two months within six different casinos in this area. I live in Marysville. And I would park in the parking lot with the windows down and listen to people coming and going. And there'd be people looking up to the heavens spewing out profanity to God. Why didn't you stop me when I was ahead? Husband and wife teams yelling at each other because, again, collectively together, they've lost too much. And then once in a while, somebody did good. He was lucky. 
oh, I think I got it all figured out. That's how they want you to think. It was amazing. It was an eye-opener, and it was also depressing. And then when I was halfway through the first book, which was my number ninth book, which was The Cabin in the Woods and other short stories, that's what I got at the controls, and I started experimenting with it. And I got nature. I got um, Newton's Law, What Goes Up Must Come Down. I was cursed with winning a bit, and like another average guy, oh, I think I could figure this out. And then in a few months, I lost more than what I won. It's behind me now, the complete cycle. I'll go a step further, and I'm going to have to talk code at this point. I joined three different gamblers clubs, and I'll let it go at that, to hear what people had to say about it and compare it to what my findings are, what I saw. And what I will say is the people that I have met in those groups, they are very intelligent. They are rocket scientists material. They're not derelicts by any means. They are normal people that were led to believe they were onto something because it starts off, you're doing something legal, free. If that's all you're going to do, you're not going to get a DUI. It's fun for a while. And then you think bigger, bigger, and bigger. And that bigger is actually a hole you're digging. You really got a lot of first-person insight. So for all of our awesome listeners out there, why don't you let them know how researching and being in person at the casinos ties into the book? The first book, The Cabin in the Woods and Other Short Stories, it has four short stories in it. And the second one is entitled George. And every single person who has written me on that book, because it's been out a year now, they say George is their favorite. George was myself writing about myself as a worker at the Emerald Queen and how I learned quickly that the people on my side of the fence, the employees, were better off because they say it is a 1% to 27% odds, somewhere in that window of winning. In other words, it's more than 50% against you. But practically everybody in that casino is going to get their share of tips every shift if you are graceful and decent enough to the clientele. And that's how we got hired. We love doing it. And so I was happy to please people. And when I got a tip, it came from the heart. But I wasn't challenging a machine that has what's known as a random number generator or an alpha. I'm going to pronounce it wrong. Uh, I'll go through rhythm, some name like that. Algorithms? Anyway, yes, because one, it's like a toss of a coin forever and ever. You can't predict based on what has just happened or what is going to happen. And the other one condenses the winning streak a little bit to encourage you to hang in there. But then it goes away and you're back to tossing that coin again. And again, it's greatly against your favor. People get the impression that they're figuring something out. And once they crack the code, my God, you're going to be in fat city. And they learn the hard way that they have been figured out. Well, I've always said, you know, there's a reason why those buildings are so big is because they got to be, they got to be uh, paid by somebody. By the way, if I was you, I wouldn't go searching a casino to be a sponsor. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> So that no. was for the first book, for the short stories. It was for both of them, actually, 
because then, this, the second book delves into a different topic. Uh, I'm fascinated by places that claim to be haunted. In fact, two of my casinos have a handful of employees that claim that there are some hauntings going on. And maybe there are. Who knows? If you go anywhere, eventually somebody's going to say something, speculation, whatever. But the second one was about the dark side, about watch out for what you ask for. It might come true. It has to do with a gal who calls out to the universe that she'll accept anything as long as gifts are coming. And so on this book, Pavlov, it enters her through a casino. And at first she thinks it's technology up on things. And then at times she realizes she's having a personal relationship with something from the spirit world that's uh, tainting her life greatly. The first two paragraphs of the book are actually really intriguing, like pull you right into the book. Would it be okay if I read the first two paragraphs here for our listeners? Please. Yeah. And this is spelled uh, Pavlov, P-A-V-L-O-V by author Matt Shea. So it starts with 22-year-old Sadie Collins leaned back in a leather recliner and stretched. The dazzling blonde and long flowing hair and dynamic blue eyes extended over her right arm to admire her freshly painted nails. Soon, each hand was graciously moving in sync with the other. It was as if they were doing a ballet together. The client, who stood at five foot eight with a perfectly tanned body, leaned forward to peer out the window. It was there her inspiration lay. Centered in front of the Infinity Salon stood a 1965 Corvette Stingray convertible. This restored masterpiece sported a breathtaking burnt orange paint scheme, which included black and gold highlights, the very colors that now graced her hands and feet. Holy crap, that's really good. I know. I was just like, we got it. We got to read that. (laughs) Kevin, I showed you the book cover, and those are the very colors Pavlov itself is displaying in the form of a slot machine. Wow. That, no, that you did that, that you, I, I'm thoroughly impressed, young man. Thank you. You see, I have always, my mom was a devout Catholic girl, the power of prayer, yes. And as I grew, I achieved an understanding that Ouija boards are a great no-no. And that's because you are opening it all up to whatever and you're allowing it in. you got to have your guard up. And so in essence, this woman who has too much of a passion for material things and high society image, she didn't quite understand what she was challenging in the universe, and it came in and met her halfway. And so we get kind of a Dorothy Gale Wizard of Oz where there's no place like home, and she realizes how good she had it, before she decided to leave her God-given territory. By the way, we're talking with Matt Shea. He's the author of the new book that came out. It, as they say in the biz, dropped last night at midnight. And uh, so it's it's a it's a book that's worth reading, and uh, we highly encourage you to to go get it. But we need to take a break real quick. Um, Matt, we've actually got a couple of commercials to run. And so, but we're going to be back with, uh, Matt Shea and we're going to talk more about his books and his life and all of that stuff. And Holly's going to ask some, ask some great questions. So 
We're going to be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. Hey there. I'm excited that you're listening right now. And if you like what we're doing here, you're going to love PositiveTalkRadio.net. On PositiveTalkRadio.net, each show, which is recorded live, is packed with positive information, with real people discussing real issues, and positive solutions that can work for everyone. I hope that you'll join us on PositiveTalkRadio.net and listen to all 340-plus shows. I think it's worth your time. But then, that's just me. That's PositiveTalkRadio.net, your home for great progressive positive podcasts. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. Hey, my friend. I'd really like to thank you for listening to the show today. As you may know, I started Positive Talk Radio way back in 2003. We were one of the first shows on KKNW. For 11 months, I was fortunate to be part of many lives, making a positive difference with great interviews and discussions, creating new thoughts and ideas. Sadly, for financial reasons, I had to terminate the show. Well, it took 18 years, but we're back better than ever. And not only on KKNW Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, but also podcasting with several inspiring channels with the same driving passion as the original. Please visit kmmedia.pro for complete information about all of these shows. In addition, if you feel called to keep positive programming on the air, you can join us by sponsoring the show and aligning yourself with our mission, which is nothing short of saving the planet and each other. Again, that's kmmedia.pro. I'll see you there. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Positive Talk Radio. We've got a great guest on here. He's an author. His latest book just got dropped, or no, that just dropped, and uh, which means that it's now uh, published, and, uh, and we're looking forward to that. I think it's going to do really, really well. Um, Matt Shays, the author's name, and I uh, just had a couple of things I wanted to say about casinos because I'm not going to be able to sponsor them on my show either, and that is one that uh, um, I don't gamble because um, for me it's not gambling, it's giving. It's just a matter of time as to how much I'm going to give and how little fun I'm going to have while I'm doing it. If I'm going to spend 50 bucks doing something, I'd rather have some fun. And it's insidious the way they work because if you are, and Matt, in your research, and I'm not sure about the uh, casinos in Washington, but I know in Vegas and, and uh, Reno, which I have been in, that if you're sitting there gambling, they will feed you free cocktails for a long time um, or a reduced price cocktail to keep you at the table. Do they do that in Washington? Are you aware of that? Uh, I've heard those stories in Vegas, and when I was in Vegas a year ago, we were there for, I think, five or six nights. I enjoyed milling around, watching. I didn't sit down at any of those machines or tables, but I knew where the tea and coffee stations were. 
But I've heard that, yes, they pacify you. They uh, greatly accommodate you. We had an FBI agent give us orientation when I was initially employed at the Emerald Queen. And he said, we're in the business of taking money from our clients. But we want them to have so much fun and such a good time that they come back next week and we get that money too. And then he said, and for those who might have won, they're going to be back. We'll get that money. We'll get more on top of it. Now, it sounds kind of sinister, but they have all of these helplines. And also, people are known to ban themselves from a casino. They'll walk in there. I can't come here anymore. Okay, they fill out paperwork. They get some type of um, certificate. They can't set foot there or, it's, or it is trespassing, which is enforced. Wait, so people can self-ban themselves? Many do. I met a wow. guy recently, and he was showing me the documents. It is a very common thing. And some casinos, when you do that, it's for a two- or three-year stint. We have one where if you do it once, it's lifetime. But it's somebody being honest with themselves. I can't go near there. That's, that's their drink of poison where they learn the hard way. They better stay away from it. Uh, I like casinos very much. That's my all-night coffee shop. There's security there, and I'm not a schmuck about it. I will go to one of the cleaning tar carts and hand them a few dollars and thank them. They're doing a great job. I used to be a janitor. And so something for everybody, but it's a nice, secure place. All the security there, great jobs. A person could get a job there out of high school, and they will take great care of you and you'll retire there if you do so choose. You know, one of the benefits of a casino, if you have the ability to not uh, sit down at the tables, is they've got great entertainment, and they've also got uh, the entertainment's not very expensive, and also great food, and the food's yes. not very expensive. Okay. Renee and I will head up north of the Swinomish because on Mondays, I believe it's $10 off per customer. And so we will have a fabulous meal in one of their restaurants, a fabulous dinner, well under $10. We were at that table for about two hours just enjoying life, well under $10. And you're one of the people that they want to ban because you didn't never go to the table and sat down and spent. <laughs> the custodians like me. Because <laughs> that, that's great. What made you, what gave you the idea to incorporate uh, gambling and the lifestyle and because there are some real i know an answer to that oh good the job <laughs> i retired from i put in 26 years off of the duwamish river we had a sister plant in las vegas and whenever we would have transfers or their um brass would come up to see how we run you would hear one casino story after another we had a plant manager from vegas and they said the new guys, almost all of them lose that first paycheck. But the stupid ones go back the following paycheck because they're going to win it all back, or so they think. Yeah. I mean, the Mel Ego is so backwards and self-destructive, but you throw in gambling and other things, and now it's tenfold. And, and there are people who believe that they can beat the system. That's and everybody. Uh when I did a show recently with my buddy Carl, fabulous guy, I stayed with him for about a month, and um, I go, hey, Carl, you worked at a casino. What's your advice? Oh, 
don't gamble. I think it took him three seconds to get that answer off. I caught him off guard. Well, we did a show together. I had list upon list upon list of the Ten Commandments from this famous gambler or this casino, and they had great sayings. I think it was Frank Sinatra said that Vegas is the only place where money talks. It says goodbye. And then another one said, the best way to double your money is to fold it in half and put it in your wallet. And these sayings just continue. It's a different way of writing the word stupid than reading it backwards in the mirror. Well, when you look at the at the casino like in, in Las Vegas and how beautiful those buildings are, how big they are, how many people work there and stuff, it ain't all because they're selling cheap food. It has to do with the fact that they they take money from gamblers. And it's they it can be one of the most self destructing things that that you can do is to be is is to be addicted to gambling. Kevin, when it comes to the various groups of vices, we have alcohol, we have our, the gambling groups are the highest level of suicide. And one report said they exceed all the other ones put together. Little trivia about Vegas, it might be an unwritten rule, but there are practically no balconies anywhere on those luxurious condominiums. Very few balconies that sliding glass will open all the ways you can walk through. Las Vegas is the number one suicide rate in this country. That's amazing. That's, a, that's well a, documented. I, I, I can believe it. Holly, do, were you ever a gambler? I'm actually one of those people where I like the show and I like the food more. So if, if you can get me to a table or slot machine, it's like low, low on my priority list. I love that. A lot of the friends I made when I worked at the casino and the ones that I see now when I'm having tea time, they are employees who briefly gambled part of their paychecks and through experience retired early from it. They got a great job with benefits. They're getting tips. They know not to play with that. But then you get these people that are playing games that are eight cents a dime. I don't see any harm with that. Where they have these promotions where they give you a little bit to play with and then people leave within that parameter what was given, that's fine. Somebody who's there maybe once or twice a week and they're maybe playing a total of a small what we would consider a small amount, that's that's okay. The problem is that it can escalate from a small amount to a larger amount and then if you win occasionally then then you get the, you get the bug as they call it isn't that you get kind of hooked on that's, that's the exactly what it is i know of somebody who won a lottery this person brought home over two million dollars i am gonna move to vegas and sadly within two years it was gone a couple months after that suicide very common story isn't that uh, Holly and I know you've done some research on a lot of this stuff, but but uh, isn't that kind of a, a people who win the lottery because they had no money to begin with, they don't know how to handle it, and so they they run through it. Hasn't haven't we talked about that in the past? 
I don't think we've talked about it. I would just say in general, more people don't have a lot of money than do have a lot of money. So the likelihood of the ones winning the lottery and playing the lottery are people that don't have money. Now, if someone wins the lottery and they do have a concept of how money works, they're probably not going to go move to Vegas and have it gone within two years. Holly, a classic example is professional athletes. At a young age, a gifted athlete makes a sensational contract along with fame. And then as their body gets the attrition rate, uh, they lose it before they mature into it. But it is so common, over half of them lose it. Rags to riches to rags again. And not only that, some of them are like, are you familiar with uh, Earl Campbell? Yes, I am. He was, he's a, a marvelous, marvelous football player in his day, was an amazing running back, could run over you and through you and around you any way he wanted to go. He's now using a walker. He's my age. Um, and, and so, you know, there's lots of, lots of things you have to be careful about in this world. And, and gambling is something that is totally avoidable. You don't have to go do that. I agree with you. Now I want to take a sidestep here. The second book, Pavlov, it entails the supernatural entity because the main character doesn't realize that she's bartering with the devil, so to say. She's just a person who's in lust with, she's young enough to be in lust over the thought of all of these riches coming in through a slot machine or whatever. And so when you kind of innocently barter, you're still no forgiveness. You don't get bonus points or a little bit of slack cut on that. You get a confrontation because that's what the story's about. She didn't realize exactly what she was addressing. And it most certainly came. I I do a lot of shows on places that come claim to be haunted, but I will not cross the line with Ouija boards or other such things. But I will visit a place that has a lot of um, write-ups about it, where maybe tragedy happened and there's a story, a monument. That part holds my interest. But I don't cross that line where I'm trying to communicate. But I will visit and inspect and say some prayers where things have happened. It's always good to try to have boundaries defined before you go into situations you know are not going to be your normal daily <laughs> activities. Well so, put. Yeah. So, Matt, in your opinion, what is the best part of Pavlov? The best part of Pavlov is that it's like shoplifting. A kid could have the guts to dare to shoplift, and they could actually get kind of good but they got to face reality that anybody can do that. You're not special. You just found the wrong corner to get into. When Pavlov is all said and done, it's like Wizard of Oz. I had it the whole time. She realized that she was going beyond her God-given boundaries, and by default and experience at her travels, in time she realizes she had it pretty good and she wandered out too far, but she didn't cross the point of no return. So it's a it's a it's a, a story with a good ending. Yes, it is. That's 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 very good because all of your stories have a good ending, and they really have a lot to do with humanity and and bring out the best in us, uh, which yeah. is which is really cool. Speaking of which, if you happen to be watching um, the show 
on uh, StreamYard or on YouTube or whatever, we have a guest star that I'd like to introduce. Um, Holly, <laughs> Holly, who is the, the star on your lap? <laughs> so as, as you are all aware, if you're listening to us right now, it is getting close to dinner time. And this little furry friend named Alice, she is the mascot for a rally team called Mountain Dog Rally. She knows when it's close to five o'clock. And so her, her little eyes are as close to my eyes <laughs> as they can get to let me know it is almost five o'clock as well. <laughs> she's she's got a clock inside her head or her stomach whichever that says it's time to eat mom yeah so. she is a miniature doshand for everyone listening and you'll be able to see it when you see the streaming as well when you look at my website we have renee's golden retriever dolly named after dolly parton and this is at ocean shores my favorite hotel i've stayed there over 100 times this evening, I was going to be with my buddy Pete. He and I retired together. It's a beautiful hotel off the ocean that has a lot of haunted stories attached to it. Every single employee who got to know me would pull me aside. Maintenance people, managers, security. They all have a lot of stories. I have 30 years worth there. But anyway, on my website, uh, we have Dolly, the Golden Retriever. So, so Matt, that hotel, it's a beautiful hotel. That wouldn't be the Quinault, would it? No, I like the Quinault very much. And in fact, I stayed at the Quinault up at the Quinault Reservation by Calaylock. I stayed there before. I love that because when Teddy Roosevelt was touring the country to get us back to work, that was one of his stays. He went there. They went up to the San Juan Islands to start jobs here and there to give us a jump start, and it worked. You know, you come up with some of the most interesting information that I've never heard before. Um, where, do, where do you do a lot of reading? Is that and 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 research in your work? Is that how this you this comes to be? Yes, exactly. I, again, I spent a year and two months circling the parameter, watch and listen before I dared to go inside and play with the controls a little bit. Quick, wasn't it around midnight last night when you and I were going back and forth on things? Yes, sir. I was up several hours after that reading things. And in fact, I think I finished up reading about asteroids and how old they are because the asteroids that made it to Earth and carbon dating, whatever they do, they say that they're at least a good three to five billion years old, older than we know this planet to be because it came from other stuff out there. Yes, indeed. So there's another book. You know, you should you should do a book called Asteroids, and it can be a, a book about an asteroid that's going to impact Earth, and then you go up in a spaceship with a bunch of no. Wait a minute, that's already been done. Um, <laughs> so what's next for you? You just you just uh, dropped this book. What are you going to do next? Uh, I am fascinated by um, CIA agents and the mafia, the syndicate, their stories. There's a romance between good and bad. Uh, we know the name John Dillinger. The very detective that shot him later committed suicide with the same gun. If you remember the Zodiac killer from California, I think back in the late 60s, he had quite a pen pal thing going back and forth with the detective. Christmas cards, everything. They just couldn't quite pinpoint what criminal it was out there. 
the guys that escaped from Alcatraz, supposedly, they were pen pals. They were sending Christmas cards to the detectives involved with that. And they're not in your face trying to torment you. It's a professional courtesy. Here you go. Have a good year. That type of thing. It's really funny, the romance between the two. So I've already started one, which I've actually started a year and a half ago. And it has to do with the marksman for the CIA who they are luring out of retirement. But his catch is he only fires a warning shot, but he's good at it. And so he will bring people to the bargaining table. And when they pay him, he gives it to the charity of his choice. But the opposition, the enemy, are not quite sure who this person is. And I have a librarian, wallflower type of feeble, unsuspecting character who's doing it, who has an amazing life for charity, and people have no idea that's the guy going behind enemy lines. He's the one flying under the radar. Would never know to look at him. Ollie, wouldn't you like to, like, get into Matt's brain and find out what's there? Because there's so much interesting stuff that just seems to appear. I was just thinking, what kind of in-person research are you going to do for this one? This one. Well, I watch the documentaries. I do a lot of reading. Uh, a lot of the mafia guys came from the military. Uh, when you hear about Jimmy Hoffa and those people, such as Frank the Irishman, if these names mean anything, a lot of them are former military, drill sergeants, everything. So they kept the old trade, so to say, but they applied it to life after the services. They still have that in them. It's what direction they want to go with it. Well, I think I think it's awesome what you're doing. And 10 books in, you're still a, a relatively young man. Do you think you're going to get to 20? <laughs> oh, gosh. Who knows? Still don't know what I'm going to be when I grow up. I know. I know. But that's you've you've done really well, Matt. And I want to thank you very much. You know, we had a conversation. I had somebody that canceled it at, at you know, interesting story. Did you did you text me right at midnight? Did you get a. A yes, hit? I did. Yes, I did. Because earlier I sent somebody a manuscript of the book I just got published. And as soon as I dialed that person about three hours early, she couldn't get across because a phone call was coming. It was mine. This person had just read it and it was about it, but it was like within a split second of each other. And boy, did it hit me hard. Call Kevin now, now. So I sent you pictures of the book coming out of the Amazon display and boy, you were on all cylinders. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> See, I told you, Holly, it was, it was, it was divine because I'll tell you the, uh, um, it was midnight and then I found out that my, the guest I had scheduled for today canceled and it was like, oh dear, what are we going to do? And, and cause it, you know, I had Monday's guest who's in, in Mexico just flaked out and, and Friday's guest was sick. And so it was like, this was the third one in a row. Eric was going to start thinking I'm in the deadbeat. And so um, I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to do now? I get up and because I can't sleep. I'm wandering around my apartment. What am I going to do now? And your text hit. And it was like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. Holly, have you ever been to Kevin's place, that little radio setup he's got? Not yet. No, maybe someday soon. We're okay, also trying the story to get... behind that place is I live 
with like one minute walking distance. I was in the same park. And when that place was for sale, I really wanted to buy it. I love it. It's got the deck. It is just a cool corner place. Just incredible. And I walked around it and something told me, don't buy, renege, back out, but you're going to be here a lot. Shortly after that, I was here in Bellevue in the studio. I meet Kevin for the first time. And in the opening conversation, we found out that he was moving into that place I just declined. It had his name on it. And so I still was going there almost every day doing podcast with him. Oh, my gosh. And you didn't even know Kevin was going to no buy idea. it? Or... Oh, that's so no cool. idea. We were we were sitting in the lobby at downstairs at KKNW, and uh, we and Martha Norwalk was there, and he was showing us some of his books, and we were talking, and I said, "Well, where do you live?" And he said, "Oh, I live down by SeaTac." And I said, "Where down by SeaTac?" I'm you know moving into a place down there, and he said, "Well, it's called uh, it's it's called whatever it's called," and I said, "That's amazing. That's where I live. I'm planning on living." And then, of course, and Holly, before I met you, I fell a couple of times. And and Matt was gracious enough to take me to the emergency room and to bring me home from one of the surgeries and stuff like that. He was he was very nice. And this and this is during the pandemic, mind you. And so he comes to my house one time with two rolls of toilet paper, because that's what you do during the pandemic. You bring toilet paper with you everywhere you go. Remember we that had a man? shortage. <laughs> We we did so. I I really have always appreciated you. Uh, you are you are a good, outstanding man, uh, and upstanding man. And I and I and I thank you for your friendship. Oh, I love it. It's it's all but a gift. But all I did was get into the current and let it take me where it took me. That uh, I didn't have any hindsight on this, but I know when something's right very good holly we've just got a couple of minutes left i want you to be able to to tell our audience or to tell matt or to tell us anything you'd like us to know <laughs> thank you so much for showing up today matt and telling us all about your writing career it'll be awesome to have you again well kevin's going to be getting a book and if you two could touch base i'll just give him two of them one for holly Yes, yes, indeed. Well, thank you so much for that. And if you need someone to perhaps do some voice work for you, I know somebody who's available. You are excellent, Kevin. You did a fantastic job on that. A lot well, of emotion put into it. I want to thank you very much. It, it, it's a hard work. I got to tell you, but it was, it, it was really was fun. And, uh, I, so, and Holly talk to talk to just got a minute left. Talk a little bit about kmmedia.pro and what we can do for people. Oh yeah. So kmmedia.pro is the parent company for our little show, positive talk radio.net. And it loves to help people with audio video production, especially like with social media, personalized interviews, commercials, they even did a commercial for my company. And so if you are looking for an affordable way to help boost yourself online, you can find out a lot more about it. It even has a shop and everything on kmmedia.pro. And Matt, your website where they can pick up the book today. Um if right now it's on Amazon, if you go to mattshaybooks.net, got a free audio book, some free other stories on Amazon. Also, Skip and Sharon Langang, they're the ones who I dedicated this book to because I, I go to places. We check out haunted hotels and whatnot, 
and I learned a lot from them being on their shows. And uh, they filled in the gaps for me where I most definitely had to dedicate this book. Matt, to Eric, Eric is jumping up and down. We got to go. So be kind to one another, everybody. Good because each other's all we've got. Thank you, Matt Shea. Thank you, Holly Berry.